Welcome to Pragmatic. Pragmatic is a discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology by exploring the real-world trade-offs. We look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing is as simple as it seems. Pragmatic is part of the Engineered Network. To support our shows, including this one, head over to our Patreon page. And for other great shows, visit engineered.network today. This episode is brought to you by ManyTrix, makers of helpful apps for the Mac. Visit ManyTricks, or one word, com slash pragmatic for more information about their amazingly useful apps. We'll talk about them more during the show. I'm your host, John Chigi, and today I'm joined once again by Vic Hudson. How's it going, Vic? Good, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I'd like to talk about um, Mastodon. And I don't mean the heavy metal band. Um, I actually mean the social media uh, site. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I have been tweeting every now and then or cross-posting from Mastodon. Have you, uh, have, ha- have you been seeing those coming through in your, in your feed? I have saw those in my feed, and I clicked through and I did some investigating. You seem to be running your own little uh, private little social network based on some open source software. Yes, pretty much. That's it in a nutshell. But we'll get to the details of that later on. But a little bit about what Mastodon is first. So Mastodon is actually based on GNU Social or GNU Social, however it's supposed to be pronounced, I don't know. And and that's based on StatusNet, which used to be called Laconica. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, and GNU Social implements the OStatus uh, standard, and mm-hmm. it was intended to be a microblogging replacement, but it was also designed to be distributed, like a distributed network like email is distributed with multiple servers that can talk to each other if they have to or want to. Mm-hmm. So it uses uh, XMPP, Jabber, for publishing updates. It uses OpenID for authentication. And OStatus supports federation, which is that ability to subscribe and, and essentially aggregate information from the different instances of servers. And um, OStatus uses uh, subscription via PubSub Hubbub and replies via the Salmon protocol. And I don't really want to go into the details about that. If you really want, there's links in the show notes. But... Um, it was actually Identi- Identica or Identi.ca. Uh, that was the first deployment of GNU Social. But it wasn't mm-hmm. It wasn't actually developed to fully include O status until version 0.9.0 in early 2010. So, as as social media you know, projects go, it's really not that old. Mm-hmm. And there's several other O status-based platforms out there that are able to interact with with the with with each other based on our status, but the the latest and greatest one to date is uh, is Mastodon. Okay, and the man behind Mastodon is a guy called um, I Eugen. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Eugen Rocco. Um, I think he's German, and the first public release of it was on the fifth of October of 2016, which is just a little bit over six months ago. So it's really new. Mm-hmm. Really new. And it's written, uh, compiled for Linux, and it runs off of uh, Ruby and uh, JavaScript on the uh, on the front end. Okay. So, if you think about Twitter and you think about mm-hmm. um, how that works, there's a few differences. Some of them are subtle and some of them are annoying. So, let's go with yeah. what tweets aren't tweets on Mastodon. They're called toots. And toots is kind of a... 
kind of a funny word. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm just, I mean, what do you, what does your mind jump to when you think of toots for one for starters? You know, I mean, really. Um, most of the time, probably not good things. <laughs> yeah, just exactly right. It's just, it's such a weird name for it. They just wanted to come up with a different name for tweet, yeah. and I guess if you take the e's and you turn them into o's, you get instead of get tweet, you get twoot, and you drop the w and you get toot, and it's like I guess that's where it came from. But I, I twoot twoot. <laughs> I, should, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm thinking more about what happens if you have too many baked beans, to be honest. But the thing is that maybe they thought it's like, um, but I had seen the expression on Twitter a few times. I've been busy tooting today or something like that. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, whatever. Um, one of the yeah. things that's cool about Mastodon, though, is that you can hide the entire contents of a toot behind an NSFW which is not safe for work. And that's something I didn't know until I started running Mastodon because we don't say that in Australia. But now I know what NSFW means. So, yay, that's a win. Um, or you can have a content warning or CW for for your the entire contents of the toot. And if you do a con- content warning, you can type in a custom text warning message, whatever you like, which spoilers. I think... Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, exactly. It's great for spoiler alerts, right? Not something that I mm-hmm. typically have played with, but I've done it a few times just for the hell of it and... Eh, yeah. It works. By the way, I've seen some people rant on Twitter about them. I, I think that there would be some people appreciative of it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's been generally well received. I think it's a nice little feature. Um, but uh, time will tell if Twitter takes that on. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, users that read those sorts of toots that have got a, a warning behind them, they have to select the item first uh, in mm-hmm. order to show what's behind it. So it doesn't just appear in their face. So I... I I see the attraction. I think it's. I think that's cool, actually. But I personally haven't used it a hell of a lot. But I'm glad it's there. Um, the other thing I've noticed about Mastodon is the community in Mastodon generally, at least the the early adopters. Um, I'd like to say it's a love hate thing, but it's not really. It's more of a hate hate thing for Twitter. <laughs> like really, they don't like Twitter. Like not at all. And you're not supposed to mention Twitter by its name uh-huh. on Mastodon. Apparently, that's a no no. It's, it's frowned upon. You're supposed to call it the bird site, hmm. which is a bit... Is there a, uh, is there a bot that'll reply to you if you don't <laughs> refer to it properly? Not that I know of, but maybe someone will write one at some point. But I mean, the whole thing of having to call it bird site and being, um, and being criticized if you call it Twitter um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a post you put on, 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 on Mastodon. I mean, it's a, it's a bit wanky, really. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't get why you have to do that. The animosity. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah. un, it's uncalled for, you know. Anyway, well, yeah. whatever. Anyway, but that that's just what. So I've this observed. is basically this this basically much like the spirit of Matt and Reese's micro dot blog. This is more about owning your own content and not just feeding it into the Twitter machine. Correct. Yeah, yeah correct. Exactly. And I'm I'm not. Uh, I haven't done a hell of a lot of research into. Mm-hmm. Um, what Manton's working on, but I am aware of it. Uh, yeah. But it's not something that I've I've really I've looked much into. Uh, but it, it, is it the idea that you can run um, m- one of his blogs on your own server? Um, well, I don't know a ton of the specifics about it. I'm not on his on his bait or anything. I've just heard him talking about okay. it on the Core Intuition podcast. Okay. Uh, I do know he is running a hosting service of his own, so you can just sign up and have an account there. I think think that he may be i think it may be 
you might be able to set it up and to, to run your own instance somewhere else and just have it feed into the system. I'm not sure on that. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, okay. yeah, his, his, the whole idea is just about, you know, owning your content, not just giving it away to Twitter and letting them lock it up in their vault. Yeah, and okay. he's he's made it really easy. So you can do the idea is so you can have like tweets, which he calls, you know, micro blog posts. And you can also put your long form content in there as well. So you've got your micro blog post and your regular blog post. And he's done a lot of work to make it really easy to just have it cross post to the other social networks and stuff, too. So you don't necessarily have to feel left out of anything, but you can still own your own content. Okay. All right, cool. Well, that sounds really interesting, actually. I should look a bit more into that. But Mastodon is along the same sorts of lines, um, but it's yeah. open source. Um, yeah, the, the the one big thing that he's going to have going for him is that he's got the uh, the micro.blog URL. And yeah. if you sign up and you get an account there, you can get your own name at micro.blog. So that's pretty cool. Okay, cool. Well, I might look into that a little bit more. Um the uh, the the other thing though about Mastodon that I think is is really worth talking about a little bit more, in a bit more depth is the uh, is the character limit. So a toot mm-hmm. a toot in Mastodon is five hundred characters long, and I th- personally I find that much better than one hundred and forty characters that Twitter gives you. Mm-hmm. And I know that people have this thing about saying one hundred forty characters forces you to be brief. You know, and that brevity is a yeah. good thing. Um, Not always. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I disagree. I, I don't think that 140 characters is actually a, a good restriction to have because I, I think that the kind of thinking is that brevity is the soul of wit, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is that when you look at the billions and billions of tweets that have gone past, I think all of the brief wit has been done. And I don't think there's much else yeah. you can do at this point. It's... It, I feel like um, to fill that gap, um, be, the restriction of the 140 characters to fill that that gap, people have to do multiple tweets one after the other. You know, mm-hmm. tweet storms. Yep. And I think you were um, you were mentioning you don't want to have a toot storm. <laughs> well, you, people do do toot storms. Actually, they do. But <laughs> yeah, they seriously do. But they're nowhere near as big or as long or as annoying. Uh, yeah. In, in general. But with, with tweet storms, they're quite common. And I think that one of the problems that I've got with tweet storms is that I think people misunderstand what you mean because they don't take the time to read through the full threads or yeah. things like all of the... If you've got a... a well, that's assuming, that's assuming that the author of the tweet storm... You know, there's a learning curve there. You're assuming that the author of the tweet storm actually knew how to compose his tweet storm properly so that all the tweets are linked together. And if somebody clicks through to one, they get the whole context. And I guess sure. whether or not they choose to consume the whole context or just a single tweet is on the on the reader. But at least the author, when they, they do it properly, they can have the whole context available to people by making sure the tweets are linked together. Yeah. Jared Sinclair actually just made a, a neat app for that called TweetStorm. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I um, uh, he did um, he did unread, didn't he? And that was before- yes, he did. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think you had him on App Story, didn't you? Uh huh. I did. Yeah. Cool. Um, that was awesome. Uh, I think that um, the fact that we have services like like Tweet Longer was the one that came to mind. But there's a whole bunch of different ones, and that there are apps that yeah. are specifically designed now for tweet storms illustrates mm-hmm. the problem. Uh, and I also think that if you look at what Twitter's been doing gradually over the last year or two in 
um, image image links, URLs, and stuff like that don't count yeah. towards your character limit anymore. Yeah. Nor do usernames. The new reply system doesn't use the app mentions and stuff like that don't count anymore either. Exactly. So I yeah. think if you look at carefully at what Twitter's doing, they are indirectly freeing up characters. They realize that the 140 character limit is a problem. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next you know, couple of years if they push that out to 200 or even 250 or something like that. But, yeah, you know, so the whole idea that 140 characters is if you're on that platform, you've got to have 140 characters and that's it. I, I think that whole idea, that's BS. I think that there's no reason why you should be constrained to 140. Like the days of 140 are gone. And, and all Mastodon is doing is saying, well, here's 500. That should be more than enough. And yeah. I honestly think that it's a far better number. Because, you know, you can get a, whole, a much better rounded idea or a concept or a thought across in 500 characters than you can in 140. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. All right. So, enough about that. Um, the web interface it, that it comes with, that Mastodon comes with, looks a lot like um, TweetDeck, you know, with the, the three or yeah. four strip columns you can have. Yeah. And I was going to ask what kind of interface you had for this, given its open source Linux-based nature. thought you might be tooting from the terminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not doing that. I could, but <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. Um, but but there is no official client, right? Because it's open source and mm-hmm. um, there are some difficulties with open source stuff getting onto the iOS app store, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, some of, the, some of the open source licenses are not compatible with app store distribution at all. Right. Okay. Yep. Not all of them, but some. Okay, cool. So that's, that's most likely why. And uh, there, there are three that I'm using. Um, for mm-hmm. iOS, because I, you know, I, the web interface is okay, um, but honestly, I prefer using an app because I'm on an iPad or an iPhone all day, and I just don't, I just don't like having it in the web browser. So anyway, there's three apps I'm using. One's called Amarok, another mm-hmm. one is called Eleven T, and the last one is called, rather unimaginatively, Mastodon iOS, which. Yeah, it's, yeah. Does what it says on the tin. <laughs> it it does. But the funny thing is I actually like that one the best. And I like it the best because it's first of all it's a universal app, so it'll run on the iPad and the iPhone. Uh the other ones are just iPhone only. Uh and uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Mastodon iOS developer added uh landscape mode on the iPad, which was the last feature I really wanted. And then I stopped using the web interface on my iPad entirely for Mastodon now. I just run it through the uh um, through the uh, through that app, so the thing about the the Mastodon iOS client is actually uh, is not it, it it's pretty straightforward. It does the job, uh, but the one of the things I also like about it is that um, it has a um, a sharing sheet or a an extension action extension. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, yeah. So if I have a photo or if I've got a um, something open in Safari, I can share that to Mastodon via that. Yeah. Um, which the other apps don't have. Yeah. Um, well, that you got to have that these days. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's like half of the tweets that I. Sorry, half of the toots that I put <laughs> on the non-bird site. Anyway, um, they come. Come by. on, John, give a toot. <laughs> Stop. I'm gonna start tooting in a second. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's a great feature, right? The other two don't have that. Um, all three of them, um, Amarok is probably the most polished. I'm on the beta for that. And mm-hmm. um, 11T, I 
think is an Android first app and they're cross compiling it. So I think that's why it's behind it lags behind the feature set um, yeah. that there is on Android. It also yeah. has a very blue interface. It looks a lot like the Twitter app in terms of its color scheme, which I find a bit unnerving. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay to have options. But I, both Amarok and Eleven T have much better photo pickers. So if you're in the app and you want to post a photo, um, it's actually a lot easier through Amarok and Eleven T because what they do is they actually have a fast color um color she's photo picker. Whereas Mastodon's just takes forever and only shows you like 20 or 30 of the most recent photos, which is really mm-hmm. frustrating. So, yeah, they're not there yet. And that's okay because it's only been around six months. And some of these apps are only yeah. been around for like two months. So, it's early days. Mm-hmm. and That's really early days. Really early days. Yeah. So, it's like the early days of Twitter, like even worse than the early days of like, sorry, nowhere near as bad as the early days of Twitter. Because the early days of Twitter, there were no iOS apps at all, right? So this is before yeah. even Twitterific existed, and um, what was the first one? Sorry, was um, oh, geez, I forget now. It's been a while. Anyway, don't mind that. So um, uh, the, the one that eventually became the the Tweety, I think. Tweety, thank you. Is that's, that it? That's Lauren the, Brichter's app, the one that it. eventually became the official app. Yep, that one. Anyway, so yeah, um, but the other thing is, I also found push notifications aren't very reliable on these sometimes they come through sometimes mm-hmm. they don't um it's getting better but it's not as good as it could be um but yeah and the other thing that i find frustrating and i know it wasn't part of the original twitter api and it still isn't was that uh the tweet marker mm-hmm. there's no toot marker right and there's no toot marker nope ah so we'll have to uh to give a shout out to manton and maybe he can make you a toot marker he's <laughs> <laughs> previously well, I- mentioned manton reese he's also the one that made tweet marker Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, that that would be really really handy, right? And because that was originally that's I think it still is a separate service, but eventually Twitter, I think Twitter added that, didn't they? Or no, never mind. No, Tweetbot uh, had their own. Yeah, I think Twitterific was using Tweetmarker. I yeah. don't know about Tweetbot. I've actually not used Tweetbot very much at all. Well, and tweets. I think that. Twitter still kind of just says, oh, no, you don't need to sync. You just always need to see what's new when you come back. Yeah. Well, see, this Which is, the... is fine if you're not of the completionist mentality. <laughs> yeah, and this is my problem is that I am a completionist, so I, I get frustrated by that. But anyway, so I'd love to get that at some point, but that's okay. So it's early days, and I'm, I'm happy to, to forego um, some of those little, like, mm-hmm. features um, for all so the other that, benefits. This this brings us to another thing I was going to ask about. So you're not just like tooting off into the the, the to the void. You did, there is a like a timeline where you can follow people and you can see other people's toots. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit more about the mechanics in a minute. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about the usernames because it's it is a little bit different. So okay. the usernames are kind of a hybrid of a Twitter username and an email address. And it's kind of a bit funky, but once you get your head around it, it makes perfect sense. So, um, so for me, for example, I have at chigi at engineered.space. So like an email address, but with an at at the beginning of it. So you've got like a, a username at a domain? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, and, and once you to like get your head around that, um, yeah. It needs to be that way because there could be hundreds or thousands of mastodons. Well, it needs to know where to route it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like yeah. an email server. 
So this is this is what's going to keep your 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 little thing from going mainstream, John. You know that, right? Um. Why? Oh, because that's a, that's a that's a high learning curve. No, I don't. Your think average so. users are going to say, but on Twitter, I can just at mention Vic Hudson one, and I'm done. I don't have to remember where he where at Vic Hudson one is. Well, okay. So the way this the way this search works is if you type mm-hmm. in Vic Hudson one, um, mm-hmm. it'll come up with a list of Vic Vic Hudson ones that are present on all of the instances, and you just have okay. to figure out which one is you. And that's fine, except for one problem. And the problem is you can have multiple accounts on multiple instances. Yeah. So, you could be Vic Hudson 1 at Engineered Space, or you could be Vic Hudson 1 at Mastodon.cloud, or you could be Vic Hudson 1 at Mastodon.social, and they would all, they could all be you, your account. I can be all the Vic Hudson ones? You can be. Well. The Alpha maybe. and the Omega. <laughs> You can have endless toot storms at yourself from different instances. <laughs> anyway, so for example, in my case, before I created Engineered Space, is I created mm-hmm. an account on Mastodon.cloud, you know, as you do, because I just wanted to have a go and see what it was about. Mm-hmm. Now, that was fine, except when I then went and exported and re-imported my, my timeline and everything into Engineered Space and... I went and realized that there was no way to delete my account. So, hmm. the only way you can actually delete an account is to message the administrator of the instance that the account's on and ask them to delete it. And from the yeah. command line, they run a rake. That's what I was going to say. So, they're, they're doing a manual query to delete you. Correct. Yes. So they run a rake query, rake command to query and extract and delete because the whole thing's built on uh, Postgres um, SQL, mm-hmm. and that's been widely criticised for a whole bunch of performance reasons and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah. yeah, so apparently um, William Shatner, you know, bless him, went and created. Is he tooting? Account. What's that? Is he tooting? He he tried. He, he did. He got into it briefly and he's like, right, I'm done. This sucks. I don't like it. I want to delete my account. And then he couldn't. <laughs> oh, boy. I know. You don't this... want to piss off Captain Kirk, man. No, you don't. He's going to go like. That's not cool. He's going to go. That's not cool. He's going to go aggro. But anyway, don't mind that. <laughs> um, you see what I'm saying about learning curve, though, and your average user? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, and the but the reality is that we all accept the fact that you know, like I am like John at gmail dot com or whatever, or John yeah. underscore Chigi or whatever. We understand that I'm also John at you know iCloud or me or whatever the yeah. hell else, and you know it's like this is. But that's email. It's different. Yeah, but. but you know I'm I mean? not criticizing this. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I think that it, it sounds to me like it's destined to be like a, a geeky thing. I'm not entirely sure I agree. Which with may that. be exactly what you want, you know, in the end. Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe you just want a place where just the, the, the people that are into really high level geekery could go and, and hang out and yeah. be themselves. Well, keeping in mind that's how Twitter started, right? And Twitter, it took Twitter a few years to go mainstream. It did. It did. You're so, right. So I'm that's not. fair. I'm not sold that that's what's going to happen, but before we go any further, I just want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that's ManyTricks, makers of helpful apps for the Mac, whose apps do 
well, you guessed it, many tricks. And their apps include Butler, Chemo, Leech, Desktop, Curtain, TimeSync, Moom, Name Mangler, Resolutionator, and Witch. And there's a lot to talk about for every one of their apps, but we're going to trim it down and talk on about five of them. First of all, Witch. You should think of Witch as a supercharger for your command tab app switcher on your Mac. If you've got three or four documents open at once in any one app, then Witch's beautifully simple pop-up quickly lets you pick exactly the one you're looking for. Recently updated, you can now also switch between tabs as well as apps and app windows with horizontal and vertical menu bar switching panels, text search for all of those windows, and much, much more. Name Mangler. Now, suppose you've got a whole bunch of files and you need to rename them all quickly, efficiently, in really big numbers. Well, Name Mangler is great for creating staged renaming sequences and powerful pattern matching that shows you the result as you go. And if you mess it up, you can just revert back to where you started and go again. Now, Moom makes it easy to move your windows to whatever screen positions that you want, halves, corners, edges, fractions of the screen, and you can even save and recall your favorite window arrangements with a special auto-arrange feature when you connect or disconnect your external display. It's awesome. I use it on every Mac I have. TimeSync lets you track the time you spend in apps or in activities on your Mac, the simple and easy way. You can pull apps by common activities that you do on your computer, or you can create custom trackers for non-Mac activities. It's simple and powerful reporting features mean you can show see exactly where you're spending your time and help you plan better and stay focused. Resolutionator is so simple. It's a drop-down menu from the menu bar and you can change the resolution of the, whatever display that you're connected to your Mac and the best part, you can even set the resolution to fit more pixels than are physically there. It's very handy when you're stuck on your laptop and you need more screen real estate. Now, that's just five of their great apps, and that's only half of them. All of the apps have free trials, and you can download them from ManyTricks, all one word, .com slash pragmatic, and you can easily try them out before you buy them. They're all available from their website, or through the Mac App Store. However, if you visit that URL, you can take advantage of a special discount off their very helpful apps exclusively for Engineered Network listeners. Simply use the code PRAGMATIC17, that's PRAGMATIC the word and 17 the numbers, in the discount code box in the shopping cart to receive 25% off. This offer is only available to Engineered Network listeners for a limited time, so take advantage of it while you can. Thank you once again to ManyTrix for sponsoring the Engineered Network. So a little bit more about how Mastodon works. So when you open it up, you get a few views. The first one is your own timeline, of course. And the timeline is constructed of everyone that you follow, just like Twitter, uh -huh. nothing particularly special there. There is, however, another view that is called the, um, uh, the instance, um, public instance timeline. And that's the Twitter okay. equivalent of the fire hose, but just for your instance. So let's say you have 100 users on your instance. It'll show you uh -huh. all of their toots in one long timeline, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, then the next one is the federated timeline. And the federated timeline is basically anyone that you follow... Um, Hang on, no, let me rephrase that. No, the federal timeline is anyone on your instance um, that they follow is on the federated timeline. So, their timelines 
from the people that they follow and your timelines from the people you follow are added to a federated timeline. Okay. And that allows you to basically go beyond your local network and see who else. So if, if you and I, if you and I were the only users on an instance, yep. the federated timeline would be a combination of the toots from the people I follow and the toots from the people you follow. Yes. That's the general okay. idea. Okay. So, because, and the theory goes like this, that if I'm, if I'm on a, an instance and I'm following 10 people from uh, all from other instances, I have to go and fetch all of the toots from all of those people on all of those instances and store them. So, why not do something with them and display them on a federated timeline? Yeah. So, I think it's- Well, a, and it might could help with, with discoverability too. Yeah, exactly right. That's the like, point. Like, if you and I are on an instance together, there's fairly decent odds that I may find interest in, in the people you are following and you may find interest in the people I'm following. Exactly right. And I think that yeah. um, I think that that's really handy. I think that's a good idea. And I think that that's something that Twitter has lost along the way in its journey. It's lost that discoverability that the fire hose has ceased to be any good. And that discoverability is gone pretty well mm-hmm. entirely. And they're reliant now on things like hashtags and trending hashtags. You yeah. Know. Anyway. I hate that explore. Yeah, that. It sucks. But anyway. So... Uh, apart from that, um, you've got local follows and remote follows. But to be perfectly honest, you follow someone, you can do a search and it'll, like I said, you you, you type in Vic Hudson 1 and it'll come up with a list of all the Vic Hudson 1s. You pick the person you want and you follow them. And if they're not on your instance, it just says remote follow um, as opposed to follow. Apart from that, there's no real gotcha. difference. Uh, a couple of things that glitch that annoy me is that when you follow someone from a different instance, the count mm-hmm. of followers is only accurate for the people following the, that person on that instance. So, if I have an account on um, mastodon.cloud yeah. then, and that person has 10 followers following them mm-hmm. that are on your instance on mastodon.cloud, then you'll see, oh, this person has 10 followers. But if there's only one person following them on that instance and you have a look and see how many people are following them, even if they have 100 billion people following them on the yeah. next instance, as far as you can tell, they've only got one follower. Yeah. This is a side effect of the distributed nature of the thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, there's yeah. nothing stopping them at some point from trying to do like a, a manual fetch of follower count like daily or something across the yeah. board. They could do that. But to date, they have not. So, Okay. This, is, this, this has got my gears turning here. Um, yeah. Cut me off if you're going to get to this eventually, and we can save it for when you get to it. But That's all good. so, I'm, I'm curious now how all this is being managed, like the timelines and these followers and all this. Is there any actual server component that's processing any of this, or yes. is all of this like working your little iPhone to death? No, it's all server side. Okay, right? it's all server side. Okay, yeah. There's a queue. There's a side a queue called Sidekick, and the Sidekick queue. Um, basically reaches out periodically to all of the other instances and they message each other and they build this up in their own sequ- the Postgres SQL database. Okay. Yeah, and it builds the timeline, um, you know, incrementally. But that, of course, you know, is, is problematic from the point of view that you could have, you know, sites that are down, instances that aren't there anymore and, you know, like instances that are offline. So, you know, it's kind of it's like someone, oh, I sent you an email. And you're like, yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. And it's like, okay, well, did you send it? (laughs) 
I don't believe you. <laughs> so if you're following someone who's tweeting from an instance and that instance goes off off the off the map for a while, yeah, um, you won't get any twi- toots from that person for a while, and so that will they eventually come through later, or yes. are they just gone? Yes, they will eventually. Okay. So this is the thing, right? It's like it's not uh, the the reality is that Twitter is in fact just like that. It's just that it's buried under a layer of abstraction, so you don't see it. Yeah. So they they yeah. have hundreds of servers running Twitter all around the world, but yeah. if you have an outage in one data center, yeah, you might get a delay of seeing someone's tweets for I don't know a few hours, but it's hidden under a layer of abstraction. You wouldn't know. Yeah. So Mastodon just makes that more visible. So what did I do with mine? So these sound like things that could get better if they further develop the product, though. I, absolutely, they will. Yes, it's currently at version one point four point one at time of recording, uh, but the reality is that it, they're developing, you know, a, a, a major release with a whole bunch of bug fixes and extra features, pretty well once a month, and um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's quite popular. We'll get to some of the numbers in a minute, but um, so my own instance. So what did I do? And I'll talk about the what I did, and then I'll talk about the why I did. So let's go with the what. So what I've done is I've created a virtual private server, um, the $5 mm-hmm. a month Linode entry-level one, which is all you need. Um, although I'm, I'm assured that if I got a, you know, a better server than with more memory, then it would run better. But it runs good mm-hmm. enough for me and because I don't have a lot of users on it. And um, anyway, so it's a VPS. It's running CentOS 7. And basically, like I said, it's the entry-level version. took me a little while to get it set up correctly because a lot of people are using uh, Heroku and there's a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of Docker stuff that they go through and I'm like, yeah, well, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to me. And I'm doing a lot of my automated stuff using Systemd and all the other usual things you do um, in Linux land. But anyway, so it was a little bit of mucking around to do the upgrade. I didn't upgrade from one... 0.2.2 to 1.3.3, which is what I'm on at the moment. I haven't taken the leap to 1.4.1 because I'm kind of like, ugh, last time was a bit messy. And you got to run a few incantations and stuff to make it work properly. So you got to do a migrate for the database for certain upgrades. I'm sorry, did you say incantations? Yeah, I certainly did. (laughs) So there's there's chicken legs and voodoo involved here, chicken feet? Possibly, possibly, yes. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that this is not for people that aren't comfortable with the terminal. And, you know, yeah. I, my, my knowledge of Ruby, Ruby Gems, Rake, you know, Postgres, SQL, SQL, it's not at the level that it probably should be, but I can quite yeah. comfortably follow instructions. And when it's like, oh, this is these are instructions for Debian or they're for Ubuntu, you know, I, I, I know enough about the different Linux distros to say, right, I can translate that for CentOS now because I've been running CentOS mm-hmm. 6 and I've run a couple of VPSs on CentOS 7 as well <clears throat> over the years um, for engineered network and tech distortion. So I, I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> but um, to be honest, um, you know, once I once I figured out the, the the silly mistakes I was making here and there, it it did work and has been working relatively well. So I haven't had too many issues with it. Um, all I did was I I, I bought a um, a domain. I figured I've got engineered.network. Let's do engineered.space. And no, it's not about spaceships or anything or going to space. But 
uh, I figured it's a space for, you know, engineers to hang out on Mastodon, I suppose. <laughs> that was the rationale that made sense in my head. Whether or not it makes sense or not, I don't really know. I'm not really sold on it. But hey, whatever. <laughs> it sounds kind of cool, I guess. So, um, fishing for affirmation. Anyhow, um, let's see. So, yes, at the moment, I have an enormous number of two users. So, if anyone... W- <laughs> of which I, am I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> of which I am one. Oh, that's fine. The, the instance stats are up there. So, go to, the, go to engineer.space and have a look if you want. Um, nothing mm-hmm. to hide. Uh, but the stipulation is that I, I wanted it to be if people are interested in trying out Mastodon and are interested in developing a public timeline about engineering topics, and I mean yeah. like engineering topics, not yeah. Like, so you want you want engineers? Well, I want people that want to talk about engineering. I don't want to, like like whether that's software or whether or not that's civil or electrical or control systems, whatever. Um, but just engineering. I don't want it to be like politics is banned. I don't want to hear about. Yeah. It. I don't want to hear about Trump. I mean, I frankly, I don't want to hear about Trump ever again. To be honest, but never mind that. Um, well, I like that, that most of this country's on the same page with you now. So there you go. Quite possibly. So you know, it's like I don't want to listen to politics about like yeah you know, in in Australia. I don't want to hear about like t- what Tony Abbott said or whatever. I don't care. Or Mark Mark Latham washed up old. PM or I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's like that's got nothing to do with anything that interests me. So, you know what I mean? It's like it's part of that. Mm-hmm. But with that, because um, so the instance is closed, right? It's a closed instance. So, you have to request an account and I'll create one for you. I'm hoping and I've put in a feature request. A few other people, have, you know, have agreed with it is that um, Mastodon should have a I'd like to request an account on a closed instance and then an administrator can just approve it. Um, yeah, that should be straightforward enough to implement rather than me having to do a uh, an, a rake command on the terminal to do it, um, mm-hmm. which, of course, I've done for my user number two. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I did a post about this, which I'll, there's a link in the show notes about why I, I went in and did this, but th- that was the, the crux of it. Um, plus, I also wanted to fully own my username um, in its entirety. So if I own engineer.space, then I own... You know, my handle at engineer.space for all time and I'm not dependent upon other admins and mm-hmm. that's where it's different from an email server because right now I've got accounts with Gmail and Apple and- yeah well that actually brings me to another question so yeah. people could shut down their instance on you correct correct they can and anytime. then all your toots go with it yes yeah so this is the thing is it's a matter of trust hubba 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 yeah. who do you trust and mm-hmm. the thing is it's like, you, you can trust me. I'm giving away free money. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, it's like, I'm... <laughs> uh, all these were goodies. And I think that there's a business case to be had for someone that is going to be funded to maintain an instance. And in the cases mm-hmm. where instances have gone away, typically they've come and gone and haven't had a lot of users ones that have come and gone that have had like a few thousand users, for example, there were a few just recently, um, they've given a message out to all their users. So the admin can just post to any, any, everybody and send them a message and say, hey, we're closing down. 
You've got two weeks to back up your stuff. It's been fun. It's been real. It's right when you get a chance. Bye-bye. Um, yeah. You know, and you can export your data and then re-import it in a new instance. And it's and it works, um, kind of. You just get a big, like a big JSON blob? What is it? Um, Jeez, I'm trying to remember now. It was about a month ago I did this, so I can't remember. Um, I think it might have been. But the point is that it, the, the process does work. Actually, no, I think you no, you point your instance at the other instance account and it sucks it out of the timeline. Gotcha. So, actually, I think it does it in the background. You don't even see it. That's right, it does. So, it's not it's not too bad. Uh, but the truth is that um, owning your own content is kind of like saying, well, I own all of my emails that I send. Yeah. But if all of your emails are stored in a cloud, then you do and you don't. So, back in the yeah. days when it was SMTP only and everything was on your home client, on your own computer, that that was true. And because Mastodon is cloud hosted, uh, mm-hmm. you don't have that. Yeah. So, who's shouldering? Like, if you post a, a photo, mm. where, where does that photo end up being hosted? Do you need to host that somewhere perpet- perpetually no. and you're just really posting a link or do they handle that too? You can do either. But they okay. will host the photo, yes. So okay. that raises, of course, query questions about moderation. Because yeah, what if you that's, post that's something offensive? Was, that that yeah. could be quite a the hosting burden on that could get quite substantial if you got a lot of people in your instance and they all start sharing a lot of media. Correct. So heaven this, forbid videos. Well, yeah. I mean, you can you can restrict that, right? So you can say files have to be less than a certain size. Uh, profiles mm-hmm. are less than a certain size. All those sorts of tweaking features will, will will get more and more refined as it goes on, I think. But for the moment, yes, it is a problem because at the moment, Twitter just sucks it up. You know, they just deal with it. Yeah. Um, but when these are VPSs that are run by mm-hmm. enthusiasts like me, different yeah, story. That's yeah. So the thing is about let's so let's talk about the moderation bit, right? Now, most people know either indirectly or maybe just intuitively they quote unquote know that uh, Twitter and Facebook have got huge moderation teams like lots and lots and lots of people in the hundreds um, well and truly and they try to remove anything that's illegal unsavory images posts hate speech that kind of stuff but because of their size they struggle I think um, and they particularly struggle with the, the differentiation of what can, constitutes harassment. Yeah. Now, Mastodon has some really, really good reporting features because you can report an individual user or an individual tweet. You can even report instances. So, let's say an, instances, an instance is like Us or something. I don't know. Pick, pick something bad. So, mm-hmm. pick something that is unsavory and unnice for the majority of people. Um, well, you can actually report that to admins and so on. And there's a, a there's a blacklist you can subscribe mm-hmm. to as an administrator with instances where people have already adjudicated and said, no, this is an unsavory instance, so don't even bother bringing them into the federated timeline. So, none of that will come in. Um, the, the, the bottom line, though, is that um, moderation requires effort and that mm-hmm. onus and that effort lies with the administrator of the instance in question and therein lies the problem so when you yeah. sign up to be you know mr enthusiast like i you know have done so far uh that means that i'm on the hook for moderation 
So, or of course I could, you know, I could delegate that. I could make other people admins and say, hey, help me out with this. But, you know, then it's like, well, what are your content guidelines? And anyone that's been an administrator on any forum like I have in the past and plenty of people have done that. And I know that fans of the show um, over the years have written in and told me about some of their experiences. I know that there are people that have done this and they know, and I know that it's not easy. And the bigger the audience and certainly the more multidiscipline or multi-depth or multi-experience like different walks of life, the more difficult it gets. Yeah. So when you want to ask yourself the question, do you want to run your own instance? Just you can't. do you really want to run your own instance? Do you? So if you don't want to run your own instance. It's a commitment. Yeah, it is a commitment. Your best option is to, I think um, the business model seems to be people on Patreon. So they'll say, hey, yeah, uh, throw me a dollar a month. And I will do all of that for you. I'll do the moderation. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking, you know, this might be a, a cool thing for, you know, pod, podcasts and podcast networks and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And one of the other things about Mastodon that, that's great is the the ownership of your social. And that, and I, I do like the um the terminology of social graph because it's kind of a, it's an interesting way of thinking about the the problem. So me as an individual, I have many facets of social media that I'm attached to. I've got a Facebook persona, a LinkedIn <laughs> unfortunately, persona. I've also got Twitter on multiple. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and now I have Mastodon. Yeah. The problem is Mastodon is the only one I actually have full control over. And I only have full control over it because I own my instance. Yeah. So, if you're an organization or a company, it would make a lot of sense to own your own social graph and say, everyone, you don't tweet anymore. You're on Mastodon. And let's say you're Oh, geez, I don't know. Pick a company, apple.com. So, mastodon.apple.com. I mean, Apple would never do it, of course. They'd write their own and it would suck and no one would use it. But, you know, <laughs> that's okay. Ping. Boom. Ping. Ping. Are you there? Are you there, Ping? No? It's like a, it's a social network for your music. Okay. Enough about that. <laughs> the memories. Oh, the memories. Anyway, um can't knock them for trying i guess but i can knock them oh, for failing you can you can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> i should i should do it i should start that as a thing i can't knock you for trying but i can knock you for failing anyway um, hey. <laughs> <sighs> that's just mean i'm sorry anyhow so um what was i getting at yes so i'm getting at the fact that you know you could totally own that rather than having apple support at twitter you know, at Twitter, you could have Apple support and it'd be Mastodon and you would completely own it. You'd moderate your own instance and only people that were employees of the company would have the rights to have an account on your instance. And anyone could follow them from any other instance. So, you would still get that distribution. You'd still get the followers. You'd still get the benefit, but you would own it. And I honestly think that that is going to become very, very useful and very enticing because you're no longer at the mercy of Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, the business model, I think, I, I thought about this. Would would it become something that an internet service provider would provide? You know, like, would you go to, you know, whoever your ISP is and, and say, hey, I'd like a I'd like a, an email account. Oh, no, I don't want an email account, but, I, but it comes with a Mastodon account. So, I could get chigi yeah. at bigpond.com.au, for example. I think people would probably be averse to that for the same reasons they're averse to using their ISP's email account. Yeah, true. 
So you ever change you ever change your internet service, then you got to take the tassel to move that and to let everybody know you moved. And yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. So I suspect what's going to happen is that Mastodon instances will will you'll have a filtering list to the top and be like there will be like a top ten or a top twenty five or something like that. And mm-hmm. some of the figures, just to give you an idea of the scale, as of like literally an hour or two ago, I checked the figures. So currently there's 1,593 instances that are actively tracked. And you can choose when you create an instance to say whether it will be tracked in the federated list or not. Yeah. Um, there's a total of between those tracked instances, there are 672,000 users. So it's creeping up to three quarters of a million users worldwide. Now, if you think about Twitter, um, it took Twitter over a year to reach the million, the million user mark. So, mm-hmm. Mastodon for six and a half, seven months is doing pretty well so far. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Twitter had to introduce people to a concept, whereas Mastodon is simply extending that concept. So, it's, it's a lot easier yeah. to ramp fast. And also keep in mind that in the 10 years Twitter's been around now, or thereabouts, 2016, yeah, it has been 10 years, 319 million users on Twitter at the end of 2016. So also has a ways to go. Mm-hmm. So, about instances themselves, the flagship instance, and they call it the flagship instance because it was the first, and that was mastodon.social. That's sitting at about 65,000 users. But the largest one is actually not that one. The largest one is pawu.net, which is, I, I believe it's Japanese instance, and it has 158,000 users just in one instance. So, a lot of developers have been very critical about design decisions that were made, particularly about SQL. And I've read a few of the um, the feedback articles on the, the discourse threads about Mastodon and trying to sort of stay in touch with where it's going, what's, what's, what, what's the story, where it's, yeah, basically where it's going, what they're working on. And a lot of people say, well, there's a reason that Twitter is built on NoSQL as opposed to SQL. And, yeah. you know, you're just basically you've, you've designed yourself into a corner from the beginning. So, whether or not Mastodon at some point evolves a bit more as it scales, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know running on a SQL backend what the limit is in terms of responsiveness and how bad it's going to get. And I yeah. also don't know how they handle, like, how we're going to work content repositories because- you know, there are many other ways of handling the content repositories. At the moment, there's not many options. It's just on the same server that the that it's installed on, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's that's something to consider as well, longer term. So you couldn't like offload the images somewhere else, like if you found a cheaper server to to bulk store. I'd like to think media that, files and stuff. Yeah, if it doesn't do it yet, I'm pretty sure it doesn't do that yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. And I assume that at some point in the future that will happen. So, honestly, um, I, I guess I want to now talk, now that I've talked about what Mastodon is and how it works and why I think it's good, it comes back to my discontent with Twitter. And a lot of people ran to app.net. And my mm-hmm. problem with app.net was app.net was just, to be frank, it was another Twitter. It had a bunch of extra features, but it was still a single server managed by a single group of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that as really all that different from Twitter. It had a few other things no. going for it, 
Sure. And it did also, in fact, go away. And, and of course, now it's dead. So, that is also not good, <laughs> obviously. But no, no, no. I was thinking then more recently about Tent. You know, you got Tent IO and Tent IS and it became Cupcake. Oh, dear me. Branding issues. Branding, guys. Anyway, <laughs> it's just going to Names go are hard. I'm just going to go out, pitch a tent and eat a cupcake. Yo. So, I don't get it. Anyway, whatever. But it's still kicking. But the problem is that it's now gone and off tangents. And there were authentication problems. And the problem, I think, with that one was that they built it too close to the to the from the ground up. And yeah. whereas Mastodon is leveraging GNU Social, which leveraged StatusNet, which started as Laconica. And it's like, you know, there's a lineage. And there's lots of people in the discourse forums for Mastodon saying, oh, I wish we didn't have to support O status. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, you're reinventing a wheel that, that spins just fine. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, why, why leave Twitter? Okay, so here's the thing. I haven't left Twitter exactly. But what I have done is I've streamlined my presence. I kind of got to that point where I got a little bit sick and tired of having to having a separate account. And, and I'll tell you something, honestly. I heard Dan Benjamin many years ago talk on the podcast method about uh, there seems to be this thing that when people start a podcast, they have to have a new domain. They have to have a new Facebook account, Facebook page. They have to have a new Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And it's like, think that through. If you're going to cycle through a lot of podcasts, I mean, I'm up to, I'm running, I'm basically recording three podcasts at the moment. So, I've got pragmatic, causality, and analytical. However, previously, I've also had, I did a, a brief stint with BuddyCast. I did the Existential mm-hmm. Podcast. Um, I did a season full-time and then a bit part-time with Anodized. All of them had separate Twitter accounts. All of Tangential. Them. Oh, and Tangential. Thank you very much for reminding me. Tangential. <laughs> um, that was also another brief flirtation. But all of them yeah. had separate Twitter, account, Twitter accounts. All it's of a them. lot of overhead to manage. It, it is, right? So, if we think about our social media graph, that was huge for me. And I'm like, I don't want to be managing that anymore. So, I decided that it was time to consolidate. So, I've taken at Pragmatic Show, at Causality Show, at Analytical Show, and they're gone. Well, if they're not gone, no, they're not gone yet. But by the time this goes live, they'll be gone. So, they're going to be, I'm going to delete them from Twitter. I've saved their histories and I thank everybody um, who's ever followed them, retweeted them, favorited them. I appreciate that. But what I've done is I've done a swapsy on the Pragmatic Show account for the engineered underscore net account on Twitter. So, yeah. the uh, and I've just messaged everybody that didn't already follow Pragmatic Show. Um, so, now that's engineered underscore net. And I messaged everyone else on there. There was a huge list that I, that I did of people that were on the other accounts that weren't following that one. And I'm saying, hey, these ones are going to be deactivated in a couple of weeks. Please shift over. So, I had about yeah, 20. So, you'll just have the one account for the whole network. Exactly. So, that's what I'm doing. Um, the Nutrium guys uh, who are planning to release an episode in the next couple of months. So, Nutrium is still around. So, don't worry. Um they are going to keep their own account. That's fine. But I will post uh, any any podcast of any shows present and future from a single Twitter account. And I'll maintain that. But I'm going to drive it from Mastodon. So, the idea is this. Um, someone, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, did a, uh, a script for Mastodon to uh, Twitter 
Yeah, it was actually mm-hmm. both. It was a bi-directional script, but I have no interest in Twitter back to Mastodon. So you could sync in both directions, but it was a script uh, written in Python. Uh, I'd never programmed in Python before. So a couple of weekends ago, I'm like, ooh, let's learn Python because <laughs> why not? Anyway. As you do. <laughs> as you do when you're a geek. Anyway, so I'm I'm hacking and slashing some Python on the weekend, yo. And um, it sounds cool when I say yo. Eh. <clears throat> it's late. Be Go easy on me. <laughs> and anyway, so I extended the script to search the string uh, search the toot for a reference to a hashtag and then a Twitter username, in this case, hash uh-huh. engineered underscore net. And I can then direct that tweet automatically to uh, that account. So if I don't enter anything in my toot, it automatically will tweet that to my John Chigi account on Twitter. And I uh-huh. can direct every other one to either the tech distortion account, which I'm also keeping separate from the network and the engineered network account. So there's now only three Twitter accounts that I maintain. All of the others are gone and they aren't coming back. That's pretty cool. So copped a little bit of flack for this. The actual Python script originally was designed to take a toot and split it into three tweets. Okay. And I didn't like that. I thought that was ridiculous because if the point is to show people that Mastodon is better, then why would I shove it into the antiquated 140 character format of Twitter? All I'm doing is I'm feeding the Twitter machine. So instead, I decided to take the URL of the toot. This is why you've got the little click through thing. You got it. Now, if you look at that in the official client and you've got the load URLs on, it should load an embedded uh, snapshot of what the toot is anyway. It actually looks pretty decent. But if you've got that turned off... In- so it's just us people on the bird website that are getting the uh, the stepchild experience. I think so. Um, okay. Actually, and if the feature's turned off in TweetBot. So um, I don't think it's too cumbersome, but I had one complaint already. Um, I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks, but I had one complaint saying that it's destroying engagement and makes me not want to follow you. And I'm like, well, that's okay why don't you follow me on Mastodon and you won't have a problem? <laughs> um, obviously, I use Twitter. Um. <laughs> I use Twitter for a bunch of different reasons, right? And yeah. part of it is venting um, my frustrations with, with reality, I guess. I don't know, existence. Mm-hmm. And another is uh, it's an opportunity to engage with listeners. And it's been good for that. But honestly, um I got to that point where I'm just, I feel like I'm done with Twitter. I don't want to abandon everyone that wants to listen to what I've got to, whatever inane things I'd like to toot, tweet, whatever, by just killing all of my Twitter accounts. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. seems like a bit of a, a rash thing to do. So, I'm going to give Mastodon a go. One way or another, or at least I've streamlined Twitter and everything will be driven from Mastodon. So the only things I'll be doing is if you do direct message me or at mention me on Twitter, then I will respond in kind on that platform. But that's it. I'm not going to initiate anything from from Twitter anymore. It'll all come from Mastodon. And I'll send a link through um, so that you can get access to the full full toot and, and all of its glory. And I strongly recommend giving Mastodon a shot. If you haven't already, have a go. But 
my advice would be pick an instance that is likely to be around, like one of like the flagship instance, for example. One of the larger ones is far more likely to be there for the long term. And if you like it and it's an instance that's supported through patronage, then stump up and be a patron um, of whoever's the administrator for that instance because it does take to time. To help make sure it sticks around. Yeah, exactly. And if you also really do like Mastodon, I also recommend that you um, that you pitch in and help um, Eugen. And um, I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to um, basically by the time this goes up, I will have. So um, honestly, uh, yeah, that's why I did it. And I'm hoping that other people will want to join my little club, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, my little private social network thingy, just for the possi- for the opportunity to have like a version of LinkedIn that's not full of crap um, and Twitter that's not full of crap. There's no advertising, none of that. Uh-huh. There's no one scouring, looking for page views, selling your information to anyone. It's all yours. You want to go, I, it, you know what I mean? Is the two timeline in chronological order? Yes. Ha! <laughs> so there's none of this algorithmic crap. Um, you know, it it is what Twitter should have stayed, but Twitter have a different set of drivers, and this is why Twitter will ultimately die in the end. You know, and the same with Facebook. People say you can't stop Facebook. Oh yes, you can. Whoa, those are big words, John. Man, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's not a matter of. If it's a matter of when, are you are you going to pull a Syracuse and say on an infinite scale? <laughs> um, there, it's not possible to have an infinite scale, and that's the joke, I think, isn't it? Because I mean, uh-huh. yeah, on a scale of one to infinity, how more annoyed are you? Uh, <laughs> infinity plus one. Anyway, um, no, it's inevitable. Because what's going to happen is alternative services will spring up. They might be VC funded. They may be open source. Either way, they will spring up. And when they do, people are going to ask the obvious question. If I've got no advertising over here, if I've got more options over here, why would I stick with Twitter? And the answer is critical mass. All Mm -hmm. it takes is another medium to reach a critical mass to become interesting. And once you reach that critical mass and there's enough people on there, all the cool kids go over, everyone follows the cool kids over, and the old one withers and dies like MySpace, you know, and that's that. So, honestly, honestly, I think that in the very long term, Twitter will die, and I think that it will kill itself because of the decisions that it's made. Whether or not Mastodon is around for the super long term, I'm not entirely sure, but at least I'm more in control of it than I am with any other social media platform I've ever been involved with. And Well, you have some control over it. That's automatically more. Well, yeah. So, yeah, um, what do you think? I think it sounds interesting. Well, see, I do too, and that's why I've gone and set up my own instance. But you don't have to go totally crazy like that (laughs) i in fact (laughs) recommend that you don't do that you could just go semi-crazy you 
Join my crazy. No. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the reality is that you, when you do set up your own instance, you're taking on all the maintenance and updating. You're yeah. taking on all the patching. You're taking on like, it, it, let's say your instance is just a party of one or even a party of five. If it goes yeah. down. Well, it's still responsibility to those five too. Yeah. But if it goes down, it's really not many much love lost, especially if it's a freebie. Like I'm not charging anyone to use mine yet. Yeah. So, you know, and I suspect I'll probably fund it from the network anyway. So, it's probably not going to be, a, I, I don't think I'll be imposing a cost for it in the near future. You know, but then again, that's easy when I've got two users. <laughs> so, if I'm inundated with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of requests and suddenly I'm asked to moderate hundreds of posts a day, that becomes a very different equation. Well, then it becomes a job. It does. Yes. And possibly a far less enjoyable job than podcasting. So, we'll see what happens. I do think, though, that it's worth exploring. And I would recommend people try an established instance and uh, and just give it a shot. You might like it. And you might find that some of the BS that, that there is on Twitter just melts away. I found that a lot of the discussion on there for the moment feels much like Twitter did in the beginning. So, it's very geeky. It's a bit, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit, I find it very thought-provoking. There's a lot of people that are um, that, that, that are a bit philosophical about technology, uh, which I love. And it's a lot of what was missing for me. And Twitter has now been overrun by, by BS and, and, and popular stuff, which I suppose speaks to the fact that I'm I'm a freak and I'm not <laughs> the majority of the population because clearly the majority of the population does not care which flavor of Linux is the best. Um, it does not care about the purity of the social network that it uses. People just type stuff into the void. Other people see it and they nod and say, mm, like, and it's like, okay. And maybe that's fine for some people, but it's not fine for me and it's not what I want. And I've been getting more and more disgruntled with Twitter every time I open it. I've got to the point where I check my Twitter feed once every two weeks now. You know, I just don't bother because it's like there's nothing on there anymore. It's all just politics and horrible things happening in the world. If I want to watch horrible things happening in the world, I'll turn the TV on and have a look at the news. You know, it's like Twitter is no longer a place, a haven for me to escape or to be uh, following people with a like mind, you know. Mm-hmm. people that love technology and love programming and love creating things and, you know, all that stuff, all that really good stuff that that helps drive our civilization forward, not complaining about X, Y, Z in politics. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm done with it. And so, that was just as much a reason uh, for giving it a shot. And in time, maybe Mastodon will go the same way, maybe. Um, but the idea of having a local instance with people of a like mind is something that Twitter can never give you. Yeah. So whether or not that has lasting value, I don't know. But for me, that was that was my rationale anyway. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, so um, if you'd like to talk more about this, uh, you can reach me on Mastodon ah, at Chigi at engineered.space or you can follow engineered underscore net on Twitter, if you're still on there, uh, to see announcements about all the shows on the Engineered Network, uh, where you can find all the information about that at engineered.network. 
Causality has really taken off recently. It's a solo podcast that I do about cause and effect of major events and disasters in history. So if you're a fan of this show, you might like it too. So be sure to check it out. If you'd like to get in touch with Vic, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you, mate? They can still find me on Twitter at VicHudson1. But for how long, Vic? How long? I don't know. I haven't gotten my uh, engineer.space mastodon invite yet. We'll see what we can do. We'll talk. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'd personally also like to thank ManyTricks for once again sponsoring the Engineered Network. We love ManyTricks. If you're looking for some Mac software that can do ManyTricks, remember, go and see them. Specifically, visit this URL, ManyTricks, all one word, dot com slash pragmatic for more information about their amazingly useful apps. If you're enjoying Pragmatic and you want to support the show, you can, like some of our backers, Ivan, Daniel Dudley, and Chris Stone. They and many others are patrons of the show via Patreon, and you can find it at patreon.com slash johnchidgey, all one word. Patrons can have a named thank you on the website, spoken at the end of episodes, access to the pages of raw show notes for every episode, as well as an ad-free special release of every episode. There's a growing back catalogue of re-edited episodes and a new making an episode video tier if you're into that. So there's something for everyone. And if you'd like to contribute something, anything at all, it's all very much appreciated. A special thank you to our patrons and a big thank you to everyone for listening. And as always, thank you, Vic. Thanks for having me, John. Catch on Mastodon, y'all.